From the ponds to the pros, it's time for Beyond the Pond on the Fan. Here are your hosts, Pat Micheletti and Kevin Fulness. Let's talk hockey! Well, a happy Hockey Day, Minnesota, to all that celebrate. And to all that celebrate is, of course, anyone with a pair of ears and a heartbeat within this great state of hockey. That includes Pat Micheletti joining us from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Happy Hockey Day, Minnesota, Patrick. Happy Hockey Day, Minnesota to you, Kevin, and all the hockey fans out there. It's a a great day in the state of Minnesota. It certainly, every day is a great day to be alive in Minnesota, but certainly on Hockey Day Minnesota, it goes up a a whole nother level. Uh, It should be a fun day to celebrate Hockey Day Minnesota. I know Kevin Gorg, Ryan Carter, Anthony LaPanta, they're going to do an awesome job on TV all day long as they bring you, I think it's something like 18 hours of continuous coverage there on Bally Sports North. So we know they're going to do a great job. Later on tonight, we'll uh, cap things off here on your radio dial as, as far as the Wild go when they host the Anaheim Ducks, and I know we've got a lot of things to talk about when it comes to hockey in the great state of hockey, but I know you had some fun last night opening up Midco Arena. Give us kind of a thumbnail recap of how that went. Well, it was uh, it was an electric night in, in Sioux Falls for Augustana University and opening up their new uh, beautiful brand new uh, building. And unfortunately, they lost the game, but uh, but um, it was uh, it was it was a great night for them and for the university, and uh, you know a great way to, to to kick off and expand college hockey. The head coach of the Augustana crew is Mr. Garrett Raboyne. He joins us as well from Sioux Falls. And uh, Garrett, I know Bat has seen it firsthand. You certainly have been there from the ground up. I've had a kind of a video tour thanks to the World Wide Web, and that looks like a fantastic new barn that you guys christened last night. Yeah, and, and guys, it's uh, and first of all, thanks for having me on. I, I take it you guys are accepting us as an extension of the state of hockey. Yes, for um, sure. And and what a beautiful venue we have! Uh, such a celebration uh, for our university, uh, our hockey community, and in the state of South Dakota. Um, unfortunately, we didn't get the win, but uh, we join a long list, including the Gophers and and those at North Dakota that. Uh, opened up their uh, new building with a loss, but we're looking to to get it even tonight. Hey, hey, Rabs, you know the the loss aside, um, the the work that the community put into this building, um, all the support of of the the city of Sioux Falls, um, you know the the administration at, at your school, uh, you know you've been there pretty much since day one. Um, it just, it, what, what a special feeling last night. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and you're right on, there are some incredible people going to work, uh, and just, um, all everything the from, from just such a bold vision to bring hockey here. Uh, what a crazy thought, um, to have division one hockey in a community, uh, that just had junior hockey really. Um, and, uh, to bring a facility like Midco Arena, the commitment they've shown, everyone's behind us. Uh, just really fortunate to be amongst them. You know, it was it was really funny, Rob. Yesterday morning, I, I show up for the morning skate, and uh, uh, you know, before you and I talked, and and I, you know, I wanted to just walk around and, and get a look, and here I, I 
find your athletic director. And then I see all these kids, um, which happen to be, by the way, athletes at the school, all helping out, trying to get the, the, uh, the building ready uh, for last night's game. I, I, you know what, it was, uh, it was a sight to see, you know, just the commitment of, of everybody involved. Yeah. And we're, we're a small campus. There's only 2,200 students and, um, and everyone has a hand in it. Uh, everyone working so hard, but everyone's so excited. And, um, our, our people did an incredible job, uh, putting on a, a great event. Uh, the, the atmosphere was incredible. Uh, the student section was absolutely rocking. And, and this is a different, uh, you know, a different group than you guys would be used to up in Minnesota. I mean, they're coming from Rapid City and Brookings, and they don't grow up around a ton of hockey, but they're so excited about it. It's new, it's, uh, uh, and it's just so great as we grow our sport. Talking to Garrett Raboyne, head coach there at Augustana. They were on the ice last night for game number one at Midco Arena. Fell short, but still, I know it was a wonderful atmosphere. Uh, give us some of the bells and whistles there, Garrett, uh, that, that we wouldn't see unless we were there on campus with you giving us a direct tour. What are some of the things that make Midco Arena special? Well, and, and a, lot of, a lot of people have seen the fly-through tour and everything like that, but it, it doesn't do it justice. When you're in it, it's just clean, it's new, it's fresh. It, it reminds me a lot of Robson Arena down in Colorado College. And uh, JLG did an incredible job uh, as the architects and the design, and, and we do. We have, we have everything uh, we need uh, to help our athletes grow from uh, the shooting room, uh, dry stall, wet locker, uh, the hydrotherapy tubs, state-of-the-art weight room, um, training table, the list goes on and on. Um, and it is just, it's a big-time facility, and it just shows the direction that, that this community and our campus wants to go with men's hockey. Hey, hey, Rabs, uh, you know, let's talk about last night's game a little bit. Uh, first of all, how were your nerves going into, I know, you, you know, you, you've been behind the bench, you know, forever, but, but, how were your nerves going going into the game, opening up the building, and 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 then and then secondly, um, the emotions of the players. Yeah, I think uh, personally, it, I don't know if it was nerves. I think there's just excitement. I mean, uh, yep. there's been such anticipation. There's been uh, you know you watch so many people put all their time and energy into getting us to this point. I was really looking forward to welcoming fans into the rink and just seeing their excitement, letting them enjoy it. I've been here, uh, you know, since this was uh, a, a, a plot of land where they were removing buildings. Um, many of these people have never stepped inside. Uh, and, and I was really excited for that. And then our guys, uh, our guys are all hard. Um, and they wanted to play so well for, for everyone and reward them uh, with just a really great effort. And, and the energy was there, but it takes on a new life when, uh, when it's your own. You can go to some venues that are brand new on the road, and you know you bring your bring your bag in the visiting locker room, you play a game, and you leave. Uh, but our guys, this is this is this is their home, um, and and they're 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 able to call it their own. And and uh, the nerves were there. You could see it in our play. We didn't we <laughs> we gripped the sticks a little tight. Um, but you can't fault them. You have to live through it, and they deserve to 
they deserve to feel those emotions. How would you recap the season to this point? Uh, we know how things went down last night against Ferris State. I, I noticed your split the uh, past weekend against Arizona State in Tempe, and that was probably your best win of the season going into Arizona State and coming away with a 5-4 win over a ranked team. Um, boil it down uh, to this point as we uh, make our way into February. Well, our guys, I mean, it's it's what a ride, you know, and you have to live in the moment and just enjoy uh, enjoy it all, really, and, and we are. We're building. We're growing. Uh, these guys have signed up to do the heavy lifting as we, as we build the foundation of our program uh, for our future players to enjoy success, and this is going to be uh, such a rock star spot. I mean, uh, they have everything here, including the support. Um, but we have. We've, we've just been, you know, checking boxes, knocking down first, um, uh, enjoying big moments. And uh, the biggest thing for our group, and, and you're starting to see it, is uh, not everything is, is such a shock. You know, wins aren't such a, you know, oh, my God, what have we done? Uh, it's starting to become, okay, that's, why, that's what we're here to do. Um, and and you start to develop a way about you. There's there's some some winning threads that form in your program, and those are things to build on. You know, Ravs, you and I were talking yesterday, and 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 by the way, Kevin, um, this is a team that beat Denver in a shootout. They beat Colorado College both on the road, um, so they've gotten some awfully awfully big wins um, this season, but. But you and I were talking, Rabs, is, is, you know, it being a first-year program, it, it, it's a fine line between, and, and you are eligible for the NCAA, but not for your conference championship. We could go into that all day long, uh, but I'll save that for another day. But, but just of, of the point of, of, of wanting to win, of course you do every night, but then there's also the development part. Um, of your younger younger players who need to learn how to play the, the game of, of of college hockey and and what it takes to be a winner and, and so forth and so on. So there is a fine line sometimes, isn't there? Yeah, and, and there is, and it's a it's really unique when you have 27 new guys arrive on campus from all over, uh, not just North America, but uh, Scandinavia. We ha- we have such a big group and. Uh, and everything's new from the drills you run in practice, from uh, of how you want to play, and, and you're doing a lot of teaching. Um, and in our guys, they, they show up, they work, and um, we have a young group uh, in terms of how many man games they've played. Uh, a young group in terms of big moments and having lived through them and being counted on. Uh, you know what? When emotions are elevated, um, but again we're able to, to, to play them in those situations we're, we're now living through some of these things. And there's, you know, there's some tough lessons to be learned, but I've been so encouraged about how, how our guys continue to show up for them. And, and uh, they're just really deliberate um, and intentional and trying to get better. I love that you guys pulled out all the stops for game number one at the new barn. You bring in the big guns. I mean, you could have went any direction. You bring in Pat Micheletti to call that game, so we know, Garrett, it's a big contest out there in Sioux Falls. Well, I mean, that's my happy place. I feel like uh, Pat and I have always talked before big games, so 
Um, for him to come in, it just seemed like, of course he would. And uh, so good, though. So good for our program. Uh, and, and we're just excited. This is just the start. Like, we're going to enjoy so many great moments here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, with this campus and in our community. And, and uh, you know, the next step is tonight. When you guys say you guys talk, is it a matter of Pat talking and you listening? Is that kind of how those pregame talks go? I mean, hey, I, <laughs> he's got some wisdom. Hey, he, he has some wisdom, so I'm all ears. And uh, as a young coach, I'll take all the uh, I'll take all the coaching I can get. Great stuff. I know you guys are back on the ice tonight. Six oh seven, the rematch with the Ferris State Bulldogs. Go get them, coach. Thanks for joining us, and congrats on the new barn. Yeah, thanks so much. Enjoy the day. There he is, Gary Raboyne, head coach at Augustana. And I know that, uh, man, they are they are crafting a wonderful program out there in Augustana. Couldn't ask for a better guy behind the wheel, correct, Pat? Uh, correct. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll take you back to when Rabs was, oh, he was a rookie coach at at, uh, at St. Cloud State with Bob Motzko. And, and I was talking to Bob, and Bob told me, look at that guy right over there, and he was pointing to Rabs. He said, this guy is going to be a division one coach. Um, you know, he's so good with his players, obviously knowledgeable, uh, about the game. And, uh, and I know, uh, the people in Augustana love him down here. So that's, what's going on in Sioux Falls. That's why you are out of state during hockey day, Minnesota, but that doesn't mean we're not going to continue to recap all things great about the great state of hockey on hockey day, Minnesota. When we continue We'll get into some of the Golden Gophers and what happened to them last night in East Lansing. Not good, but Pat, I promise you, you can't wait to hear the uh, call from Wally and Frank. Uh, That's coming up in the next segment where we've got some of the best moments in the history of Hockey Day Minnesota throughout the course of this program. Plus, before this hour is done, we're going to check in with the head coach at Warroad. He's got a game today, but still Jay Hardwick's going to join us. And your buddy Paul Broughton, he's going to rep the Rozo side of things. And I know you guys go way back, especially uh, probably even before you were Golden Gophers, right? Uh, yes, and, and absolutely. And, uh, and and he was my former line mate. And, uh, you know, the Broughton family, um, you know, uh, you don't find many better. So it'll be great to have Brats on. Yeah, I very much look forward to that program. And, and that's just the first hour. So don't go anywhere. Happy Hockey Day, Minnesota. Beyond the Pond continues next. This is Wild Head Coach John Hines, and you're listening to Beyond the Pond with Falness and Micheletti on KFAN. Hey, Rosie here. Now is the perfect time to get a big deal on a... Wild fans, this is Marc-Andre Fleury, and you're listening to KFAN. Great moments in Hockey Day, Minnesota, 2012. sleep throughout it but it was it was fun you know it's running a lot of adrenaline and um just just enjoyed every second of it 2012 some memories from hockey day minnesota days gone by chad rao from eden prairie one of about 84 rao brothers to come out of uh, the eagles system Makes his NHL debut on Hockey Day Minnesota and, of course, scores in his NHL debut on Hockey Day Minnesota. One of my memories from Hockey Day Minnesota, 
there, Patrick, as you join us again from Sioux Falls. Uh, that was a special moment. Uh, the The event itself was happening. It was supposed to be on Lake Minnetonka. They ended up moving it indoors because of the weather that day, but uh, part of a 5-2 win over the Dallas Stars a, a handful of years ago. Hard to believe that one was 12 years ago. That will be a, a memory he'll never forget, and he is the brother of Kyle Rao, yep. former Minnesota Wild uh, player. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what a special day um, for him. And, uh, and it, you know, of course, happens on Hockey Day Minnesota. Couldn't get much better than that, Kevin. Yeah, and it actually does. A couple years later than uh, Nate Prosser does uh, in Elk River, from Elk River. I exchanged right. some texts with, uh, with, with Nate over the course of the last couple of days, and he still gets ribbed for being Mr. Hockey Day Minnesota. But I don't want to steal the thunder because that one's coming up here later on as we continue to recap. Um, you say that will be a day that Chad Rao won't forget anytime soon. I think Bob Motzko would love to forget about what happened last night in East Lansing. I've got some play-by-play of how things went down for it. Pat, I know you didn't get to see the entire pr- uh, contest because you were on the air, but the Gophers blew a 2-0 lead. They give up three in the third, including this one, with four seconds left to go in regulation. And I tell you th- this much, Frank and Wally were not happy. Howard has it for the Spartans. Sends it on goal again. Deflected and they score on the rebound. Russell. One try. Two tries. Full stop. But the third one was loose and Russell knocks it in for a 3-2 Michigan State lead. And they have taken a 3-2 lead with four seconds left. Oh, man. That really sucks. <laughs> That made my day. It sucks that the Gophers lost, but that call, Patrick, put a big old smile on my face. Those two guys have a lot of passion for the game, and they love the University of Minnesota, and, uh, you know, they felt they were part of it. And, um, you know, dis- disappointing because you, you don't, um, you know, you get the 2 nothing lead on the road, and, you know, you got to play smart. And, I, you know, again, I, I didn't see um, – what happened? I, I knew that um, Michigan State had tied it up uh, late in the game, and and um, you know it, it would have been uh, a, a big, big road win for them. Unfortunately, um, they lose. And Michigan State's a really good team, and and obviously in first place in the uh, in the Big Ten. And and with Wisconsin losing last night, they have a seven point lead over the Badgers, fourteen points over Minnesota. Um, so, um, yeah, it was, it was, a, obviously, uh, a difficult loss. That really sucks. <laughs> That's one of my favorite calls. I mean, that goes back in the uh, archives with, uh, the, uh, the, the likes of Glenn Sonmore. going away. No, no, not at all. Uh, and it's too bad because uh, we talked to Bob Monsko last weekend and they ended up sweeping Ohio state at three M arena at Mariucci. And he was so upbeat and happy and, Boy, I, I'm glad we didn't have him on the hook to talk to us today because I don't think it would have been quite as an, an upbeat and uplifting conversation. Yeah, you know, uh, from from what I saw a week ago, I really thought that they were starting to come into their own. And, and really, uh, apparently for two periods, they, they, they played that way, having the 2 nothing lead. Uh, but you got to play three. And, um, uh, again, I don't know what happened, but uh, it, it's very rare that uh, – a Bob Mosco team gives up three goals in, in the third period to lose a game. So, uh, you, you know, they, the, the good thing is like every team, you know, St. Cloud loses in overtime seven, six last night. 
Denver um, gets beaten handily by North Dakota last night. And uh, the point being is, you know, um, all these teams that lost have a chance to redeem themselves today. And um, so uh, we'll see how these teams respond. Yeah, for the Gophers, it's right at uh, right away. In fact, it's three o'clock this yep. afternoon from East Lansing. Of course, you can hear that on Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty and FM one hundred three point five. Wally and Frank on the call, and they'll call it like they see it, and <laughs> it can get a little graphic at times. It sounds like this one as well is on Big Ten Network. So again, good uh, afternoon of hockey activity. Go from beyond the pond to the Gophers in Michigan State, and then later on tonight, the Wild taking on. The Anaheim Ducks. You talked about some of those scores from around the league. We already talked to Garrett Raboyne there from Augustana. They fell short against Ferris State. Uh, one of those games, I happened to be on my couch last night flipping around, and I watched St. Cloud State in what was like a track meet going up against Omaha in St. Cloud. And as you mentioned, St. Cloud State ended up falling 7-6 in overtime. Uh, that's hard to believe. Man, what a bunch of goals were scored. 13 total up there at the Brook Center. Yeah, I talked to our uh, our good friend Jim Rich, who's uh, uh, on the call for that game, and and uh, according to him, St. Cloud had two goal leads and and just uh, couldn't couldn't um, hold on to them, and uh, ended up going to overtime, and they lose in overtime. So um, you know that's a that's a that's a tough loss for St. Cloud as as they you know they want to stay in lockstep with North Dakota for the number one spot in that league. So they'll have an opportunity uh, this afternoon to uh, uh, redeem themselves and then try to get a split against Omaha. Heavyweight battle in Grand Forks. North Dakota ends up taking out DU 5-2, the rematch coming up later on tonight. Uh, But that, like I said, heavyweight battle when you talk about the Fighting Hawks going up against the Pioneers. You really do, and I, I tell you, Kevin, this this college hockey season, um, I, I'm going to call it weird, strange. Um, it, it, you know, and, and I'm talking throughout all of college hockey. Uh, you, know, you have uh, the top teams uh, one weekend, you know, losing the following weekend, and everybody's beating everybody. And you know, last year we could look at it and say, you know what? There's probably four to four to six teams that have a legitimate shot at at getting to the Frozen Four and have a chance to win it. And uh, you know, the, the the from from what I've seen this year, um, there's not a team to me that is heads and tails above anybody else. And so, you know, I I think there's a good ten to fourteen teams that have a legitimate shot at, at getting to. St. Paul in uh, in April for the uh, Frozen Four. It's that tight this year. Elsewhere in the NCHC last night, Minnesota Duluth took out Miami 6-2 at Amsoil Arena. Colorado College got past Western Michigan. They do so in overtime. 2-1 was the final in the CCHA. Already told you about Augustana. They lose in their First game at Amco, what is it, Midco Arena. They lose 5-2 to the Ferris State Bulldogs. Elsewhere, Northern Michigan and Minnesota State battle to a 2-2 draw. Uh, Northern Michigan ends up with a shootout victory. Lake Superior State took out the Michigan Tech Huskies 3-1 in Sault Ste. Marie. So that kind of gets you an update on what's going on on the college hockey scene. Why don't we break, Patrick, and then we'll continue to celebrate Hockey Day Minnesota with a trip to War Road, where they're having a blast up there. I'm watching the coverage on Bally Sports North, and it looks like uh, the War Road girls 
No, it's World Girls in Lakeville North, they are knotted at a goal apiece here early on in the second period. So great coverage there, but of course, hashtag new TV and conti- continue to listen to Pat Micheletti and Beyond the Pond next on KFAN. This is Wild Captain Jared Spurgeon, and you're listening to Fallness and Micheletti on Beyond the Pond. Now back to the 651 Carpets Plus, home of the next day in Saul Studios on the fan. Green moments in Hockey Day, Minnesota, 2017. Four seconds left, three seconds left, two seconds left, and Minnesota, big come from behind win here in the third period. Three goals, Halla, Soder, Zucker, Wild beat the Ducks 5-3. 2017. Twenty seventeen indeed. That one was up in Stillwater. One of two times the Wild have played the Ducks on Hockey Day, Minnesota. They've got a split thus far. The rubber match coming up tonight from St. Paul. Pre-game at 745, right here on FM 100.3. The fan, Pat McLeady joining from Sioux Falls. Uh, I remember that Stillwater game very well, Patrick, because I know Molesky and myself, we were just talking about this last night on KFN Wild Weekly. We called the high school game. It was outdoors, and there was a slight drizzle in Stillwater. We had to keep our notes clean from the rain. That's not easy to do. Meanwhile, we look over our right shoulder, and the TV guys are covered. They're basically in, like, a trailer, and they've got, like, a fireplace roaring, hot chocolate. They they couldn't have been more comfortable. I remember that day vividly as I was giggling uh, uh, the, the whole time. <laughs> Um, at you guys because that was a difficult one for you guys to call. It was. And, uh, it sucks. I, I, and I can just, you know, I'm just thinking about, oh, what's Kevin thinking right now? Where would he rather be right now? <laughs> and I, you know, and I was sitting in my warm house um, just, um, you know, taking it all in. It yes. was beautiful. And you had your, I'm sure you were in your little recliner. Uh, they're having no such problems today up in Warroad as we look at Hockey Day Minnesota 2024. The head coach for Warroad and the boys squad is Jay Hardwick, and he joins us now from uh, Hockey Town, USA. Uh, Jay, I'm watching the coverage on Bally Sports North. The ice looks spectacular. If anything, the uh, when the sun comes out from, a, 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 from behind the clouds, there's a little bit of a reflection off the ice. But outside of that, it looks like a perfect day up there for hockey. It is. It is absolutely perfect. I'm actually I'm at the game right now. Uh, my daughter's playing, so I just uh, I step back uh, kind of behind the stands here. But uh, no, the ice looks great, and uh, I think it's a perfect temperature. And there's no rain, there's no snow, so uh, hopefully it holds up and it stays like this all day. We can get into the particulars of your game coming up here at 4:30 against. Waro uh, against Rozo because we know that that's a, uh, an intense battle and the the rivalry goes back decades. So we'll, we'll we'll put that conversation aside here for a second. But how excited is your group to be a part of Hockey Day Minnesota and and showing off your 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 city? Yeah, everybody, the whole town is uh, ecstatic, and that everyone has done such a great job. Uh, you know, everyone's pulled together to to pull this thing off, and the, the volunteer hours and the, the work that's gone into it the last uh, year plus has been outstanding and now to see it come to fruition it's uh it's been a lot of fun and uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, great uh, compliments and feedback on uh on everything that we have up here well jay um it, it's only fitting that, that warroad um gets a hockey day minnesota uh, the, the the tradition uh you know 
of, of you know, the I, I remember as a kid um, going up to visit the Christian family and staying with them and going through the factory. But, you know, you have the Marvins, the Christians and the, you know, uh, it, it just the, the names go on and on. Um, so it, it's just you, you got to have a special feeling about uh, this day to day. Yeah, especially I uh, I was just talking to my mom uh, in between periods here, and and she just said how you know she said my my grandpa would be so proud of of everything that uh, we've pulled off here, and uh, that's just it the the history that we have here. It's a it's great that we can have hockey day and and kind of show off and uh, show the people that maybe haven't been to World, uh, you know the the long hockey history that we do have here. So that big matchup coming up, it's a rivalry. I look at my notes, a rivalry going back to 1945. This will be matchup number 183 in that rivalry. I'm told it's the longest standing rivalry in Minnesota. We're talking about Warroad against Rozo. And with you guys, you've got your glossy 15-3-0 record this season. But one of those losses was to Rozo in Rozo back on January 9th. Boy, that, that adds a little fuel to the fire in today's matchup. Absolutely, it does. And, uh, you know, every year, uh, it doesn't matter what the records are. You have the Rosa World game, uh, you can throw those out the window because, uh, you know, the kids are going to play hard because it's a, it's a Rosa World game. I mean, t- talk about that, that rivalry. I, you know, I, I just, you know, you, you're, you're so close to one another. Everybody knows each other. I mean, it, what, it, it's hard for the average person to understand just how intense this rivalry is. Yeah. And then, you know, the kids have been playing against each other since they, since they started skating, you know, from, from tiny right. mites all the way through high school, you, you know, the players in Roseau and, you know, they know us and it's, it's an every year, multiple times a year deal. And uh, so you get to know each other very well and uh, it, it, it builds and, uh, but I, you know, I think it's been ultimately it's been great for both communities because it, it makes us both better because we wanna we wanna strive to be the best and we wanna compete and we wanna beat each other and I think ultimately uh, that makes both programs stronger just having somebody like that to to battle with every single year. I look at your roster, Jay, and a lot of the names are recognizable. One guy in particular at the top of the stats, Carson Pilgrim, twenty goals, forty one points on the season. Not only four power play goals, but the kid's got five shorthanded goals. Tell me about the season Carson yeah. Pilgrim's having. Uh, just outstanding once again. Uh, you know, he had a, a big year last year uh, and even his sophomore year. And then, you know, there's a reason why he's committed to University of North Dakota. And uh, he's he's looked at as one of the top players in the state. And, uh, you know, there was there was some questions coming into his senior year because, you know, can he play without, uh, you know, his uncle Jason on his line and, you know, what can he do, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more on his own, but, uh, you know, you watch him play, you see how, how dynamic he is and, uh, the special player he is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't worried, but you always get those questions from, uh, you know, some of the outside people. And, uh, you know, I think he's proven everybody wrong. That's one of the good players on your side. Give us kind of your perspective on Rozo. 14-4-1 on the season. Their head coach, Greg Lund, has a, a great team uh, going at it once again, led by Noah Ernest, second in the state with 28 points. Obviously, he's a guy that you got to watch. Uh, 28 goals, I think he's got. Uh, uh, definitely a guy that you guys got to keep an eye on. Yeah, yep. He's the one that drives their ship over there. I mean, he everything kind of runs through him. And, uh, you know, they play a very sound uh, defensive game where they, 
they kind of wait and they're patient and then they, you know, kind of wait to, uh, for Noah to do something. And then, and he usually does. And he, he's a, he's a very good hockey player. And, uh, obviously somebody you have to be aware of, uh, every time he's on the ice. Did you say your daughter's on the girls team? She is. So how, as I look at, thanks to Bally Sports North, I feel like I've got the best seat in the house there up in Warroad. Right now, your squad's down 2-1 to Lakeville North. How is the girls' team playing thus far? Uh, you know, I thought the first period wasn't bad. Uh, you know, kind of a you know a little bit of a feeling out process and uh, getting those jitters out. But I thought, uh, you know, they settled in. They scored a nice goal right away. And then uh, Lakeville got one there later in the period. But... Uh, you know, I think they'll be okay, and uh, you know they're they've, they've struggled a little bit to score goals this year, but uh, you know they they're going to play hard, and I think they'll find a way. What has hey, this Jay, week? Uh, Go ahead, Jay. Sorry, Pat. What what do you you know uh, you know you've got all the festivities, you've got to play later on this afternoon. W- what do you tell your team to do on a on a day like this? I mean, it, it's not your typical game day ritual, is it? No, no, that's the, our, our typical game day kind of gets thrown out the, the window with something like this where uh, it's not typical, but I know, uh, you know, I was walking around and I don't know if everybody's here. Maybe some guys stayed home and are just watching on TV. There's a, there's a handful of boys that I saw at the game and, you know, I just told them, you know, it's okay. You can come to the game this morning, but then, uh, you know, make sure you get home and get something to eat and, you know, maybe just relax for a little bit and, and get ready to, to come to the rink and uh, start preparing for, for a hockey game like we always do because that's ultimately what, what we're doing here. you got to kind of, you know, push out all the distractions and focus on the job at hand, and that's winning a hockey game. I'll tell you, when we think back through the archives of Great Hockey Day Minnesota memories, uh, the conversation with Tom Saratori from Bemidji State after they battled in Bemidji, and he said at one point his eyelids were glued shut from the ice (laughs) and closing his eyes. It was that cold out there. Sounds like you guys have a perfect day for hockey. Is the ice holding up under these conditions? Yeah, it was great yesterday. We practiced uh, at about noon yesterday, and I thought the ice was great. Um, it looks very good right now with the girls' game. Uh, I'm hoping it holds up, uh, you know, throughout the day with uh, the the YZ Moorhead game after this, and then ours. Um, I guess we'll find out when we get out there. But uh, but I think that you know the conditions are great. The temperature is perfect, and uh, you know, on uh, earlier in the week we had a little bit of rain drizzle, and I think that kind of slowed things down and made it a little bit harder on some of the, the people that were out there. But uh, if it stays like this, it should be uh, ideal condition. Jay, enjoy- hey, hey, Jay uh, one last question for you. Do you, you know, uh, obviously the, the conditions are different. You're, you're not playing inside, you're, you're playing outside. So when, when it goes into coaching a game like this, um, do you, do you coach any differently? Do you have any different strategy? Um, because the elements are, are different, uh, playing outside. Yeah, a little bit. I, I and uh, unfortunately I, you know, I was, we got to play in it in, uh, Minneapolis, uh, in uh, a few years ago. And so I, I kind of have a, this isn't my first hockey day rodeo, I guess to speak. <laughs> and, uh, I think the biggest thing is that I, I've been telling the kids all week that, we have to simplify a little bit. The, it's not, uh, we might not be able to do some of the things that we do. Uh, you know, we got, you know, some players like Carson Pilgrim and, and Murray Marvin Cordes and, you know, some guys that can really wheel and deal and, 
and make some unbelievable plays when we're when we're on the the rink in the gardens. But uh, you know, I said we might have to simplify and just play a, a hard, smart game and and make those easy plays and maybe one less move and one less pass and uh, you know just get pucks to the net and kind of uh, grind it out. Jay, I know this has been a long time coming. Go over there and enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy the rest of the week. Hockey Day Minnesota is more than just one day. I know this has been a long time coming, but go and uh, help your daughter get the victory today over Lakeville North, and then uh, we'll uh, hopefully catch up with you here as the uh, season wears along. Sounds good. There he is, Jay Hardwick, the head coach there for the War Road Warriors. They uh, are on the ice at 4.30 this afternoon taking on Rozo and a rivalry that needs no introduction to our next guest, Paul Broughton, former Golden Gopher, from a, a name that really needs no introduction whatsoever, Patrick. But here he is, Paul Broughton, joining us on the line, uh, a former teammate of yours. Yes, a former teammate. And, uh, you know, one thing, I, I, I'm one of the few people, I think, and, you know, there's probably others out there that had the opportunity to be on a team with each of the Broughton brothers. And, uh, you know, I, you know I, I, I call that, you know, um, just pure luck. And I was lucky enough to play with Neil and and Aaron a little bit and then Paul obviously was my line mate at the University of Minnesota so um it's uh it's uh it's great to have uh Bratz on Paul thanks for joining us how are things up there I, I assume I shouldn't assume where where are you as as we speak well I'm not up there I, I'm at home in world uh, they sent my brother up and uh I'm going I get to spend 12 hours on the couch today watching Valley Sports and watching all the games. They do a great job, don't they? I mean, they manufactured this thing out of thin air back in 2007 and we say that it's like a holiday for the hockey fan in your life. I mean, that's legit. You said you're going to spend 12 hours on your couch. Why why wouldn't you? It's like Father's Day. I mean, you you get an excuse and you get a pass <laughs> to spend 12 hours and watch every game and I mean, it's great. It's, you know, it's I I enjoy it. Hey, hey, Bratz, talk about the rivalry between Rozo and Warroad. Uh, for the people that, you know, obviously didn't live it, you lived it growing up, uh, you know, watching uh, um, Aaron and, and Neil and then obviously playing. But, but what, was that, what was that like as, as a kid growing up? It was a really nerve-wracking 21-mile bus ride whenever you went to Warroad because you knew you were going to be in for a hockey game. Um, growing up uh, playing youth hockey, you play against the same kids the whole time. Squirts, Peewees, Bantams, high school, and it was always a, a rivalry. And it's always something that you you want to bragging rights and you, and you wanted to win and you only got to play them twice a year. And um, those are some of the greatest memories of, of youth hockey is, is going up and playing Warroad. They had an old arena there. It was called the Popple Palace. And, and they pulled out all the strings and the fans were sitting right on the boards, you know, just overhanging the ice. And it was just, uh, uh, it was just something that uh, I think every kid uh, should, should uh, enjoy sometime in their life, I guess. It feels like both Rozo and Warroad are perennial powers up there, but it even, even when the, 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 the seasons come and go where they're not at the top, when those two teams clash, regardless, it's going to be hard to shoehorn one extra person in that building, right? It's like wall to wall. It's like wall to wall. It's it's. I mean, it's it's one of those uh, where they bring in extra seats and everyone uh, fills the stadium, fills the, the rink up, and I mean, it's just it's just a great game. And 
growing up, I can remember games like that, even when, you know, Grand Rapids would come in at International Falls, and but World especially. I mean, everybody, Rosa wanted to beat World. Ward wanted to beat Rosa. It was bragging rights. You know, you got Marvin Windows, you got Polaris, you got, uh, um, it was just a great, uh, great rivalry. Um, I looked at some of it. I, I think that we hold the record 107 to 72, but that's how close it is. They always had good teams. Um, it came down to Ward went to Class A, Rosa's in Double A because you know they both didn't want to play against each other to go to the state tournament, and it's just a, it's a great rivalry, and I'm glad that uh, this outdoor game is going to have both teams playing because it's going to be exciting to watch. How did your teams do against them when you were in high school? <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up, Pat. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I, and I, I'm saying that we, diplomatically because I kind of know, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, we we didn't have that tough of a time against World, but it goes in streaks, you know. Um, when my brothers played, I think they beat World, um, you know, in most of their games, and, and we beat World in most of our games. But then, as soon as I left, I think Rosa went like zero and eight. They didn't win for like uh, four years in a row. So you know, it goes in streaks when they have good players, when they have Oshi and 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 Larry Olam and some of those great players that played in World. Rosa couldn't beat them when Rosa had good players. World couldn't beat us, so it just goes in ebbs and flows, and 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 that's just how it goes. And I do have to touch on one thing, Kevin. Pat said he was my line mate yeah. for the Gophers. Yeah, I looked at the stats; he had forty-eight goals and forty-eight assists. <laughs> I had eight goals, so I don't know if I was if he was a good line mate or what. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna. Of course, that was on my list of things to ask you of of of, of what it was like to be a teammate of Pat Micheletti. Here, I kind of gave him the ball, and he just runs with it. Uh, I, it sounds like it was kind of the same thing there when you were on the uh, U of M campus with him. You know, I wish I would have played with both his brothers um, because they would have stuck up for me. You know, and, and I had to play for Pat, and, and Pat didn't really stick up for me. But uh, Donnie and Joe were big, tough, great players, and, and I wish I would have had the opportunity. Like Pat said, he had the opportunity to play with both my brothers, and you don't get that opportunity very often. But Pat was a great line mate, a great team player, a great uh, an all-around all-American golfer. And and I looked at our our team, Pat, when we played. Eleven yep. players played in the NHL from the golfers. Eleven. Oh, you know, you it talk was, about we, one or two going out. We had eleven great, NHL great players guys. on our and, squad. And, and Kevin Bratz and I used to room together on the road too. And and. Uh, and, you know, we had a lot, a lot of really good times, not only on the ice, but off the ice. And, you know, uh, as I mentioned to you, Kevin, um, just an unbelievable family. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a blessing I got to, uh, to play with all of them. I'm wondering what it was like. Go ahead, Paul. You know, I was going to say, I watch this outdoor hockey game, and people always say, hey, you're from northern Minnesota, Rozo. We didn't have an outdoor rink. Huh. When I grew up, I never played outdoors. I never played on an outdoor rink. They had a, they had some close by in some smaller towns, but we had indoor rinks. So I never had the opportunity to play on an outdoor hockey game, you know, and uh, a real legit one. I mean, we played a lot of road hockey, but it's fabulous that the kids get the opportunity to play on this nice outdoor rink. I think it's really, really neat. Yeah, what they've been able to establish here on Hockey Day Minnesota, bringing this to different communities and now finally getting up to World, uh, they obviously – knock it out of the park. Uh, going back to your gopher days, I- I've heard Pat Micheletti tell me what it's like to play for Doug Woog. How about for you? What-, what was it like playing for the Wooger? Dougie was a great, a great coach, a, a great, uh, a great person off the ice and on the ice. I mean, he, he could be tough sometimes, but uh, what a, what a great uh, guy. I became really good friends with him after my years with the Gophers. And um, he taught me a lot. And, uh, um, 
I can't say. I mean, there's Dougie was a great coach to have. And of course, uh, when we talk about the Broughtons, there are three of you. I, I have symmetry in my world because I've got three kids about the same age difference. How close were you, Neil and Aaron, growing up, even before college, before high school? What was it like for the three of you just going out there? Uh, apparently, you didn't go out on the pond. You only had these fancy indoor skating rinks to go play your, your shinny. But what was it like between the three of you in your, uh, despite your age differences? Kevin, they weren't fancy. Trust me. Um, the, <laughs> um, it was great. You know, my brother Neil's six years older than than I am, and my brother Aaron's five. Um, so I got the opportunity to grow up and play with them and against them. And when I say with them, and also we just played a shinny game and uh, a pickup hockey game, and everyone kind of joined in. So that's where I kind of got to learn my game was playing against all the older people. And um, you know, Saturday Saturday morning leagues when we go up and play, and everyone would get to play and. I didn't really get the opportunity to play with or against my brothers until I until I made it into the NHL, and then I got the opportunity to play with Neil and Dallas Stars and against Aaron in New Jersey. But otherwise, you know, they were always ahead of me, and, and I, I always watched them play. And and um, so, I mean, it was just a great a great way to to grow up in a small town in Rozo, and we had a lot of great hockey players, and they taught me a lot of good skills. All right, get, get this one, Kevin. I'm going to give you a Broughton stat. Okay. Um, uh, Aaron holds the uh, single season record in points at the University of Minnesota. Correct me if I'm wrong, Paulie, but I think it's 104 he had in one season. That season, I believe, in, in the, the season he did it, Neil had I think 70 in the in the upper 70s, maybe lower 80s in points. Okay, that season. Aaron didn't win the Hobie Baker. Neil won the Hobie Baker that year, if you can believe that. So, you know, Aaron had uh, just an unbelievable season. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he gave he gave the Hobie to his older brother. Yeah, Aaron, I think he had 106 points and he wasn't even an All-American. Thank you. Um, yep. Yeah, and he was, and he wasn't even an All American, but you know that no. year, you know Neil Aaron came there as a freshman, and then Neil played for the '80 Olympic team, and then uh, Neil was the only player from the '80 Olympic team that came back to play college hockey because he wanted to play one year with Aaron at the Gophers, and and they both played that uh, uh, sophomore year together, and then they turned pro after that because he wanted to play with uh, Butsy and uh, Brian Erickson and uh, and Aaron. So that yeah, was some great hockey back then with your brothers and. And it was fun to watch, and that's what made you a Minnesota kid always want to be a gopher. And, Bratz, I think you and I were at the same game where Minnesota had to uh, was playing Northern Michigan at home for the right to go to the, to the uh, Final Four. It wasn't the Frozen Four back then. And Aaron comes across the blue line, lets one go, and it went right through the net. Wow. And, and they had no replay back then. And so the officials didn't think it went in the net, but it, you know, with, with still pictures and, and, and everything, um, you know, you could see the puck going through the net. He shot it through the net, through the netting, of which they changed the, the, the netting after that. But that cost Minnesota a chance to go to the Final Four that year. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was on the uh, front page of the sports. Brad Buto had the puck yeah. on the shoulder right where it went right through the net. It was right in the middle of the net matter of fact yeah. and uh yeah that, that cost him a chance to go to the to the final four 
This was great, Paul. I really appreciate that. I love these old school memories and, and the fact that you knew Pat Micheletti before Pat Micheletti was Pat Micheletti. That uh, brings it all uh, full circle for sure. But I know you're having a great time up there in Roseau. Enjoy the coverage today on Bally Sports North, and, and hopefully your Roseau team can come away with a big victory today at 430. Well, let's hope so. Thanks a lot for the call. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Pat. Hey, have a great day. Yep. You bet. Happy Thanks, Hockey Day, yeah. Minnesota, to Mr. Paul Broughton. You had to have a Broughton involved. If we're going to talk Hockey Day, Minnesota, up in that region, yeah. a Broughton has to be involved, right? Yeah, so many great players that that, that came out of Roseau. And, you know, uh, Butsy Erickson, is, you know, is in that list. He was, um, you know, Butsy was a guy that, you know, obviously played a lot of years in the National Hockey League played over in Europe, but, um, what a, what a, a, a great leader that, that he was uh, for the university of Minnesota and, uh, you know, another, another great teammate, uh, from up in that area. All right. We got a swing to break because when we continue, we're going to check in on the NHL stage. We got the wild taking on the ducks tonight to put a cap on hockey day, Minnesota. So we'll bring in the general manager, president and general manager of the Minnesota wild bill Guerin. He joins next. Stall Studios, FM 100.3, KFXN, Minneapolis, St. Paul, The Fan. Green moments in Hockey Day, Minnesota, 2014. The shot by Niederreiter, on goal, save, rebound, they score! Prosser on the rebound. Prosser from Elk River wins it on Hockey Day, Minnesota. After the game, my phone did not stop ever. The next morning, I woke up with like over 200 text messages. It was crazy. So, you know, all my fan, or all my friends and family, they're not accustomed to seeing me do that kind of stuff either, so they're all excited as well. 2014. Of course, that's one of the hallmark moments, at least for me, when it comes to Hockey Day Minnesota. Nate Prosser scoring on Hockey Day Minnesota in Elk River back in 2014. Beat the Dallas Stars 3-2 in overtime. Uh, That's one that resonates with me, at least, Pat. How about you? Yeah, you know, when when Nate, I mean, Nate's not a, uh, and he'll be the first to tell you, he's not uh, uh, your most prolific offensive player, but for him uh, to score a goal, I think that was uh, wonderful for him. Uh, the city of Elk River, and the state of Minnesota, Kevin. No doubt about it. Uh, I did, uh, as I mentioned to you, exchange text messages with uh, Nate over the past couple of days because I've been thinking about him a lot with Hockey Day Minnesota, and for whatever reason, that's a name that comes to mind for me. And he says that was his day, Hockey Day Minnesota. Everyone would ask him why he doesn't play like that. Every Hockey Day Minnesota, you'd be a 10-goal scorer every season. So I, I know he had a lot of fun with it, and he's a guy that was definitely easy to have fun with. Uh, in and outside that locker room. I don't know how well Bill Guerin knew Nate Prosser, but that's a guy that we're talking about that could light it up on Hockey Day Minnesota. Bill, first and foremost, welcome to be, to be on the pond, and also, happy Hockey Day Minnesota to you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, this is uh, always a fun day. Always a fun day. I, I think, you know, being a, uh, you know, I, I, I guess an outsider, um, It was all, it's always very impressive to see, like, just uh, a full day dedicated to, you know, to the game of hockey in, in Minnesota. And I, I, I think it's fantastic. I love it. I, was gonna... I do know Nate Prosser. I know, I know the legend, <laughs> Nate Prosser, uh, well. Well enough, known, well enough now to know why everybody loves him. He's a fantastic guy. And, 
I mean, nobody ever, ever says a bad word about that guy. No, unless you go into the corner with him and he uh, gets the better of you. But usually it was him getting blown up. But that's another story. How does Hockey Day Minnesota compare to Hockey Day Massachusetts? Uh, You know what? Why would you say that? (laughs) Why would you say that? You know we don't don't have one. You know we don't have one. But, (laughs) hey, look here. We we can we can go back over time. We can shop and compare. But, yes, um, I know we can. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great day. I, I I love it. I get into it. It's it's fantastic. Uh, you, you know, you must be strutting yourself a little bit today, seeing that big Boston College victory over uh, the arch rival Boston University last night. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't even notice. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, was it four one? Oh, okay, yeah, it was four. Yeah, four one. Uh, well, number one and two team in the country, and uh, it, it looks like Boston College is back. They have a plethora of uh, of great players. Yeah, it's been uh, an amazing year for them. Greg Brown has done a fantastic job. Uh, I mean, hey, look, Jerry was doing a great job to the day he yeah. left, and and Brownie's taken over and just really, uh, you know, put his spin on it. Um, he's done a great job of recruiting. You know, we had seven kids from the world junior team, it, it just all, a lot of high end players. And, uh, it's just such a great, it's just such a great place. You know, the, the BCBU rivalry is, is unmatched in college hockey. I mean, you know, it, it, it you know, you, you had the Minnesota, North Dakota, BCBU, um, you know, Michigan, Michigan state, all these great rivalries, but to have those two teams, one and two in the country, um, is it's it's just good for college hockey and the place was yep. jammed last night. I was talking to some buddies and it's nice when you're our our coach is a BU guy and uh and so is our director of player personnel, so Chris Keller. So we we've had some um we've had some back and forth over the last couple of days and we'll we'll see how tonight goes. Let, let's talk right, about Julie, let's get to your team. Um what bugged you most about the loss the other night? Uh you know what? It was really just the lack of the lack of energy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was a, it was a big game, and I, I didn't feel like we were ready from the from the start, and uh, we we just weren't sharp. And in a big game that that I mean that could have brought us within two points. Um, it's just yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, but you know what? Though that happens, and you know we don't have time to sit here and. and and dwell on it. We just, you know, we move on. We have a, a, a we have a game, a must win tonight before the break. So we, we just have to, we just have to be ready for tonight. What is the state of your team as we speak, Bill? There's a couple of times where I, I don't think I'm alone in thinking this team is dead and buried. You lose seven in a row. You change coaches. They're not going to come back. Out of, yet you did. Then you lose to Arizona the way you did. And you think, okay, the bottom has fallen out again. They're not coming yet. You did. What is the state of your team as you go into game number 49 of 82? No, I guess that's the frustrating thing too, is that it's there, it's in there. And, um, you know, we just have to be better at performing at a, you know, more consistent basis. Um, you know, but, but I do love the fight in our team, you know, the road trip that we just had, I mean, that's going through the meat grinder of, of the league right now. When you go down to Tampa, Florida and Carolina, and to come out with four out of six points is impressive. Um, you know, we, we just have to, we, we don't have the luxury of, you know, being able to have too many off nights anymore. So we, we just have to make sure that we're on and, 
and and ready to go, you know, most nights. Well, yeah, I, and you know, I mean, we could sit here all day long and, and use the excuse a meter, uh, you know, with uh, lack of money and and you know, your your so you know the the number of injuries, um, you know, that you had and that you've had to kind of piece a team together, um, you know, while guys were 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 getting healthy, your captain out for the season. Um, it, it certainly hasn't been an easy year uh, for you, has it? No, it hasn't been an easy year for anybody. I mean, uh, we, we, we're just all doing our best to, like you said, piece things together and, and keep grinding it out. You know, it's, sometimes it's, it's not always the prettiest of pictures, but you can get the same result. So I, I, what I do like about our team is kind of what we were talking about before, is that, and that's the, the battle and the fight that we have. I think this is where, you know, character really comes in. It's, it's really important. There's no, there's no quitting in our team. Um, you know, we all realize that, you know, it, there's no use in complaining because nobody's listening anyways and nobody cares. So we just have to, you know, worry about ourselves and, and pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and get going again. You knew of John Hines. You knew him probably pretty well even before he replaced Dean Evison. It's one thing to know him, and it's another thing to work on a day-to-day basis with him in the heat of the fire like you are now. What have been your impressions of John Hines now since taking over here for the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I've known John for a long time. I know what he's all about. I know how he coaches. I'm I'm impressed with the job that he's done. I, I like the I like the foundation that he's building here. Um and, and uh, you know, in, in bringing to the table the detail of, of the game that he always has. And I, I just I just think that he's the right guy for, for this team right now. And, you know, the one thing that John really loves about the team is that he doesn't have to beg these guys to play hard. They're, they're high-character guys. They, they've been through a lot. They, they show up every night, you know, or most nights. And um, he, just, he just loves the way that they approach the game, and they're hungry. They want to win. And, um, you know, that makes it, that makes his job a lot easier in some aspects. Hey, Billy, I'm sure the phone starts as we get close to the trading deadline. Uh, the phone starts ringing a little bit more, or you start making a, a few more calls to, to see what may or may not be available. But, you know, as a general manager, when, you know, where you guys are at in the standings and you have to climb, you know, four teams to, to get in there, even though you're, it's a six point differential. Uh, It's gotta be difficult to determine when, you know, if I am a buyer or if I am a seller. Um, So how do you, how do you, how do you approach uh, the the trade deadline and and where your team is at right now? I I think patiently, Uh, you know, you just have to kind of give the team as much time as you possibly can. Uh, but at some point in time, I'm going to, I'm going to have to make the decision. I'm going to have to determine which direction we're going to go in and, um, you know, we'll see. So I, I can't really give you a, uh, you know, definitive answer of, of which way we're going to go. But I, I think patience is, is probably the, you know, the, the best thing that I could have right now um, in, in, you know, moving forward towards the deadline. You did make a trade well, a couple of days ago. You brought Will Butcher into the fold. Uh, what can you tell us about him and what he will do for this organization? What what he does to add to the depth of the blue line? 
Yeah, I think that's just it. Just a little more depth to the blue line. I, I think, you know, right now he's going to start in Iowa. Um, you know, Will's always been uh, a, a good puck moving defenseman. Um, you know, he came in the league and had, uh, you know, 40 some odd points as a rookie. You know, he's won the Hobie Baker. So he, he's got talent. He's got skill. He's got good hockey sense. Um, you know, he just hadn't been playing much uh, over over in the Pittsburgh organization. So it was, I think it was a good trade for both teams in that, you know, we, we, they made some space and then we got some, we got a player that, that needs to, to play and is motivated. So uh, we're really happy to have him. I'm sure John will give a update after practice. I'm just wondering, do you know the status of Mark Andre Fleury, how, how he's getting along? Uh, you know what? I, I mean, for me, I, I think he's just, he's doing fine. Just, just kind of day by day. Um, you'll probably get a better idea. Uh, I'm not at the rank right now. So John, I'll be talking to the trainers and um, get the most up to date, uh, you know, status of, of flower for you. I, much like John Hines, how you go way back in the archives with Hines, you go way back with Mark Andre for How much have you enjoyed being a fly on the wall here as he continues to write history? And the best part about it is bill, everybody, everywhere you go, they salute this guy. His, his smile, love his personality. How, how much are you enjoying being able to, to be along for the ride during this whole, whole expedition? You know what? I'm loving it. Honestly, he's, he's just such a great, he's just such a great person. He's a great guy. Every, like you said, everywhere we go, people just love flower. And you know what? It it just so happens. He's one of the best goaltenders of all time to achieve the milestones that he has. Um, You know, as my friend uh, has been just really nice to watch. Um, And as a GM to have him do that in a Minnesota wild, Jersey uh, is is really special, and I know how much this organization has meant to him, and how much he's enjoyed playing here. And um, these are these are just unique unique situations that uh, you know, like you said, I'm happy to be a fly on the wall, just kind of watching the whole thing. I'm very proud of him. All right, so twenty 20- and, and, and Billy, if if you know if you're just watching him for the first time, you would not know his age. I mean, he looks like he, you know, can play another five years if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, you know what, but that, that's him. Like, you know, first of all, he's just got that youthful energy. You know, he's, he's kind of like a mischievous kid. Um, and then he's just got, he's got the great personality. And then his game, his game is just, you know, it's exciting. It's electric. And he's, you know, he, he's, uh, you know, acrobatic out there and athletic and it's, he's just fun to watch. He's just fun to be around. Yep. And I think all of that together just kind of makes flower uh, that, that makes him who he is. Some 20 games left to go in the regular season, but one last game before the all-star break tonight, the wild host, the Anaheim ducks. I think you started this conversation saying tonight's a must win, uh, a must win game for the wild uh, against the ducks. Are you, are you stand by that? Yeah, it is. It's a must win. I mean, this is huge. If, if we can get this one and just kind of stay in the pack, um, you know, that'll, that'll be a big thing for us. Uh, you know, Hey, look, if, if we, if, if things don't go our way, it doesn't change anything. We'll just keep going, you know, we'll keep pushing ahead, but, um, yeah, this is, this is, you always want to get these games before a big break. Um, it's just end on a positive note before you have a week off or, or nine days off, whatever it is. So yeah, we're looking, uh, you know, I guess like Herb Brooks said, it was, it's not a must win because the season won't end. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, but we do want to win it.
Without a doubt. Billy, thanks for doing this. Happy Hockey Day, Minnesota. Good luck tonight against the Ducks. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. There he is. Yeah, Bill, you too. Thanks, Billy. Bill Guerin, president and general manager of the Minnesota Wild. That was a bummer the other night, Pat. We did Wild Fan yeah. Line after the contest, up 1-0 after two periods, and you know you can make the argument they didn't even deserve that, especially considering how the first period went. But regardless, they're up 1-0 after two periods, and they blow it in the third. The uh, Predators score three times. Wild end up losing 3-2, an opportunity to close within two of that final playoff spot in the Western Conference, and now all of a sudden that chasm is six points instead. Well, you know how irritated I was after that game, Kevin, and you know, and that's why I wanted to ask Billy what 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 he thought. But um, you know, it, it was an important game. Some and and, and you know, it, it's not like um, they didn't work hard. It's just that they didn't work smart, and um, they 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 couldn't get going. Their game was off, and it happens throughout the course of a season. You just don't want it to happen when. Uh, when the points are desperately needed and you and you really could have moved closer uh, to Nashville and cut that lead to, to two points and instead of uh, what they are now, six out of it. So, um, but you know, they, they have a chance to rebound tonight and uh, you know, there's, there's no doubt they're going to have to go on a, another role. It's not get each other. Um, you know, they're going to have to win, uh, their fair share of games uh, to to get back into this thing. Yeah, the Wild just three and eight against the Central Division this season, and I think it's been documented they've lost six straight within the division. That too has to change. But again, a whole plethora of Central Division collisions coming up between now and when the final horn sounds sometime in the month of April. Uh, we'll take a break. We got open phone lines the rest of the way. No more guests. So you want to talk about what's going on with the Gophers? The Wild, the Hockey Day Minnesota festivities happening up there in World. We'll open it up to you here the rest of the way, 800-320-5326. You can also text us, 64686. Pat might be in Sioux Falls, but I'm in the KFAN studios, so you can also hit us up at booth at KFAN.com. All that plus, we still got to get to Brett Blakemore's breakaways. That's next on Beyond the Pond. Hey, Wild fans, this is Marcus Foligno, and you're listening to the best hockey show on the planet. Beyond the Pond, right here on KFAN. I'm Bill McCreevy, and my family owns and operates Washburn McCreevy Funeral. Wild Ducks, tonight at 8, on the radio home of the Wild, FM 100.3 KFAN, The Fan. Green moments in Hockey Day, Minnesota, 2023. Centering attempt, chance out in front, the shot save, rebound, score. Brady Ingebrigtsen tied it late, scores in overtime, and Hill Murray defeats White Bear Lake on Hockey Day, Minnesota, 2023. I love me some Nate Prosser. Love me some Chad Rao. But the beauty of... Zach Halverson calling Hill Murray, beating White Bear Lake in overtime during Hockey Day Minnesota is like the cherry on top, Patrick. That that brought a tear to my eye. Uh, I, I, I remember that vividly. I was listening to the call. I immediately, right after the game, I texted our good friend Zachary and asked him if he had a tear in his eye. And, and he did respond, and he said, "Yes, blubbering. I did." Yeah, a, uh, he was blubbering. My, my favorite part about putting those things together is that I, I played it for Pat or for uh, Zach. I just wrote the lines. I said, "Okay, I wanted you to voice this great moments in Hockey Day Minnesota history," and it's his voice going to the probably one of the saddest moments of his life, and him throwing oh. out of it too. So 
<laughs> Green moments in hockey yeah, day, Minnesota. That poor guy. 2023. Centering attempt, chance out in front, the shot save, rebound, score. And you can hear his heartbreak. Brinson tied it late, scores in overtime, and Hill Murray defeats White Bear Lake on Hockey Day, Minnesota. 2023. Oh, just a an awesome moment. It was it was it was, it was yeah, yeah, all he put into that <laughs> um getting ready for that big day and to have his heart broken. White Bear breaks his heart once again. Uh, open phone lines from now until the end. We'll, we'll move uh, Brett Blakemore's breakaways to the next segment. So let's go to Richie and Elk River. Good morning, Richie. Welcome to Beyond the Pond, and happy Hockey Day, Minnesota, to you. Good morning, gentlemen. I was just uh, had to run my girlfriend to work. She's a manager at a restaurant, and I was listening to both the last two segments, and I had one to chime in on both, if you don't mind. Um, first, I want, to say a comp- I want to say a compliment to Pat. Pat, when I was growing up, watching the golfers during the Wooger days was the most exciting time of hockey. It was so fun watching you guys back then with the Broughtons even up through the Crowleys and the Spears. It was just a blast. It really was. Um, well, secondly, I was at the game. Yeah, you're welcome, sir. Um, I was at the game the other night, and right away, and I run an 11-game package, um, and I'm right down by the ice, but I'm just over the glass, so I can hear the players, too. But our feet were just slow right from the get-go. And when Hartman's edge went out, I just said to my girlfriend next to me, I said, eh, it's going to be a tough night. And then it took us two power plays back-to-back just to get that first goal. It was a tough game. We were slow on our feet, and I agree with Bill. We were, and you, Pat. Secondly, uh, it was great to hear from one of the Broughtons on one of your segments. That was wonderful, guys. Um, I really didn't have a question. I just want to say, hey, Hockey Day Minnesota is what it's all about. It's unfortunate we don't have a lot of snow and ice down here. And I'll hang up and just listen to your comments. Awesome, Richie. Thank you very much for uh, chiming in here on Hockey Day Minnesota. Lots of pleasant things to say about the memories of watching you in a Golden Gopher uniform there, Patrick. But also, uh, I think echoes what we said, uh, the disappointment of the 3-2 loss to the Nashville Predators last night. Especially considering all that was on the line for them to come out flat. That was definitely disappointing. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, they they were coming in, I think... uh, you know, feeling pretty good about themselves. And, and I, 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 you know, I just thought that they would be more um, ready And it. And, and again, I don't, I don't think it was um, a, a lack of effort. Um, it's just that I don't know if their minds were, were in the proper places that they needed to be. And, and, you know, you got to give credit uh, to Nashville. They, you know, sometimes it's easier to play on the road. Uh, you, you play a little freer and, and, um, and you don't feel as much pressure. And so, you know, maybe they felt a little bit of that going in, but regardless, it was, um, it was a tough loss and, and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll bounce back tonight. Still plenty of opportunities for you to get involved in the show. We got about another half hour to go and we've got open phone lines for you. 800-320-5326 booth at KFAN.com. You can also text us at six, four, six, eight, six, all that plus Brett Blakemore's breakaways and Denny and Prior Lake when we continue on Beyond the Pond. This is Ryan Hartman of the Minnesota Wilds, and you're listening to the best hockey show anywhere, Beyond the Pond on the Fan. Hey, it's... Final stretch of Hockey Day Minnesota's edition of Beyond the Pond. 
coming up here shortly. We've got Brett Blakemore's breakaways, but we got a couple of phones, uh, phone lines to get to there. Patrick, if you want to squeeze in, you can. Before we get to the top of the hour, 800-320-5326. I've also got some texts coming in at 64686. You can also hit us up, booth at kfan.com. Let's go to Denny, though, in Prior Lake. Good morning, Denny. It wouldn't be a Beyond the Pond or a Wild Fan Line without your contributions. Well, I have three things to cover today. First off, I just want to say that you guys have the best radio show for hockey, period. Now, your podcast has a lot to be determined. We don't you do podcasts. Like help you your no, podcast. We don't want a podcast, but thank you for the kind words. What else? Number two on your list. <laughs> All right, number two. If I was the GM right now, well, First of all, let me get to the point. When we lost the tennis uh, to Nashville, I said that was a, a nail in the coffin. The reason being is right now we have a 2% chance of making the playoffs. We had to go 16-4 and four to hit 95 points. Well, we know that's not happening. So if I was a GM right now, I would buy out Morrell or waive him. I'd buy out Gosky. I would bring up Beckman. I'd bring up Walker. I'd bring up Damon Hunt. And let the kids play to see what we have. Because we're not going to the playoffs this year. I mean, you know, in your pipe dreams, you might think so, but we're not. Okay, what's third on your list? I'd like your opinion on that. Okay, we'll get to that. Did you Uh, have something else? No. I'll, okay. I'll save it for another show. Awesome. <laughs> Denny, we'll talk to you in the next Wild Fan Line. Thanks, buddy. Our good friend Denny in Prior Lake. Uh, what do you think about that, Pat? Is it time to buy out some guys and bring up the young kids and just uh, flush the season? Sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't think it's as uh, as simple as that, and um, I'll just leave it right there. My, I, I – I'm at a loss for words, Kevin. I know, and that's saying a lot because that rarely happens. Uh, Before we go to the Brett Blakemore's breakaways, I want to bring in Wes Peterson. They've got a special event coming up here in Lionel Lakes. It's the Guns and Hoses event, and it's a great opportunity to raise some money for a charity. Hey, Wes, thanks for joining us on Beyond the Pond. That's Pat McLeady. I'm Kevin Fallness. Tell us about Guns and Hoses, what you guys are trying to do, and who this uh, benefits. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, the event is called Guns and Hoses Charity Hockey Classic. It happens on February 23rd at the Blaine Super Rink. Doors open at 4.30. Main event puck drop starts around 6 p.m. Um, but the benefit is we are raising money for the Frontline Foundation. And the Frontline Foundation is an organization that serves the state of Minnesota, um, the first responders of the state of Minnesota, by coming alongside of them in their time of need, whether they're hurt or a family member is killed in, in the line of duty. Um, that's what they come alongside of to provide that support. So this is our eighth annual event coming up on February 23rd again at the Blaine Super Rink, and we're just looking for the public support to come out and show their support in person at the rink or go to our website and make a donation to show your support that way. Cops versus firefighters. That has all the makings of a fun afternoon as well. Uh, you said this is February 23rd at 530. How heated? Is this Warroad and Rozo type of rivalry? Is that what we're talking about when we talk about the cops and firefighters going toe-to-toe? You know, over the years, it's become very competitive. In fact, the, the police officers, team police or team guns, has won every year for the last seven years. 
Last year was a close game. They lost the fire lost by one. But I got to tell you, I was at the tryouts on Friday night. It's become competitive, and the fire team has found a goalie that I think is pretty legit. Hmm. Um, I think the police have a have the work cut out for them this year. All right, so we're going to direct people to gnhnow.com, correct? That's where they can get more information and anything else they can do to help out? Yeah, that's exactly it. gnhnow.com. They can buy apparel. They can make a donation. Um, the game itself will be held at the Super Rink. But it'll also be on North Metro TV. But we're also going to be streaming it live through the Guns and Roses YouTube channel, which is also something you can get to from our website. Awesome, Wes. Hey, congrats. Keep it going, and uh, good luck on the event. Thank you so much. There he is, Wes Peterson. You want more information on Guns and Hoses? GNHnow.com. What do you think? It's time for Brett Blake Moore's Breakaway. It's not enough, Pat, that we have to wait all week long for this, but then to wait to the final segment of Beyond the Pond to finally bust out Brett Flakemore's breakaways, man, I hope this is worth the wait. It was focused throughout the whole show, Kevin, because um, I was desperately waiting for this to, to occur. Well, good. Here we are. I'm just happy we get to it at all at this point. Okay. Let's start in Nashville. Not in Nashville. Against Nashville, we were treated to a... Central Division Collision. Yes. I just like how obnoxiously long that that bit is. It makes me laugh every time. Um, How damaging was that loss, and what would you say is the biggest difference between this season and last season where you're challenging for 100 points last season? I can't remember if they broke it or not. And this year, they're probably not going to get anywhere close. What's the biggest difference, do you think? Injuries. Injuries to key guys at the worst possible times. When when they went through that spat of seven key members out of the lineup uh, going into the new year, uh, it happened at the exact worst possible time. Back-to-back games against Winnipeg, back-to-back games against Dallas, and you're without seven key members of that lineup. That's the biggest difference between this year and last year, in my opinion. How about you, Pat? Disruptions, yeah. I mean... There were disruptions, and when you have disruptions, um, you know, things can break away a little bit. And, I mean, look at the captain, uh, you know, right from from the, from the get-go. Did he even play in the first game? No, he um, missed the first handful yeah. of games uh, to start yeah. the season. And, he was hurt so at the end of the pre season. It wasn't right from the, from the beginning. Um, but, you know, then they surprise us and, and go on a, uh, on a winning streak. It, it's just been a, a, a yo-yo of, uh, of a season, and – you know, now we'll we'll see in the last twenty some odd games uh, what they have. So we'll see. What was the other part of your question there? I was just going to say how damaging is that loss. I was basically yeah, going to sucks. Paint, it, yeah. it, it, there's no doubt about it. it that's that was a kick between the pockets. That, the four that's point one game. That you wanted to have is against a team that you're in direct competition for a final eight spot in the Western Conference. So of course. Is it? I think Denny called it the nail in the coffin. It's not that. It, the season is not over because of that loss, but it definitely damaged your your hopes for climbing into the top eight. And to have that positivity going into the All-Star break, you couple that with the three previous, you get that victory, and then you go and do some damage to a bad Ducks team tonight. Uh, talk about some momentum going into the All-Star break. So, yeah, it hurts, but it's not the end of the season. I will say I don't think it was the nail in the coffin, but I think it was a nail in the coffin. There's still a few more, but that – Definitely hurt. 
Time to play our favorite game, misdemeanor, felony, or war crime. Everyone's favorite. War crime. <laughs> Zach Parisi signed a one-year contract with the Avalanche on Friday. Uh, financial terms are not disclosed. Is that a misdemeanor, a felony, or a war crime? I had that in my notes to ask you about on Wild Fan Line the other night, Pat, that the, the rumblings of not only Parisi returning, but the fact that he would sign with the Colorado Avalanche, and now it's come to fruition. What do you think about that one? Uh, and in Brett's mind, is it a misdemeanor, a felony, or a war crime that he's going up against his hometown state? Is this um, uh, are we charging the Colorado Avalanche, or are we ca- uh, charging uh, Zach Parisi? Uh, that's the, the the one question I have, Jack. Uh, but you know, listen. Uh, obviously, you know they're not bringing him in to be a top six guy. You know he'll be in your bottom six, um, and you know maybe help the power play a little bit. Uh, listen, they you know they, you know, they they get him at a reasonable price, and um, you know and he hasn't played all year, so I guess the the jury's out. That is such a good team right now, too. I mean, I know you, you mess with the chemistry a little bit, whatever. You bring him in there. He's going to provide a valuable role for them in the bottom six. But I, I was watching them a little bit over the last couple of days, and McKinnon's going on another level. McCarr still playing like he plays. The one place where they are hurting is probably between the pipes. Gorgiev is, is, is decent. He's not great. But I don't know that you need to have a, a great goaltender when you've got such high-powered flying offense going, led by McKinnon, who's on another word. He's got a point in every game this season, dating back to the beginning of the year on, on their home ice. He's just been in another world. He's the best player in the world right now. There, There's no question in really? my mind. Um, better you know, better than Kucherov? It, better he than... brings it every night with his leadership in the, in the way, and he, he wills his team. Um, I disagree with you on Gorgiev. I think he is a really, really, really good goaltender. The problem with him is that he's overworked. He's going to end up with uh, playing over 65 games. And yep. so uh, I, I don't think Colorado's done making moves. I think that um, they will be in the market for a goaltender at the trade deadline. Let me ask you before he goes to his next breakaway. Um, in your mind, McKinnon's a lock for the Hart Trophy as the league MVP over, I, I don't know over Kucherov? I, over... I, 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 I don't see why he wouldn't. He's been... He's been above everybody else, in, in my opinion. Another side note uh, before I go to my next thing. Speaking of goaltenders that you love to hate, Fallness. Yeah. How about Kemper the other night at the X? Woof. Not a good performance against the Wild. Uh, you know, he looked I, bad. And again, I love the kid. He's an awesome dude. I just, I've never been a believer of, of him being the guy when all the marbles are on the line. And you know what? So be it. Whatever. You know, you can say what you want about yeah, his track record. He did. He did. And they won despite him. And again, I, I have a hard time saying bad things about him because I genuinely like him as a human being. I just don't want him to be the guy between the pipes when it's all on the line. And he proved me wrong. He wouldn't want a Stanley Cup, but I think they won despite him. What is your power rankings of places Hockey Day Minnesota needs to go that it hasn't gone yet? I said power rankings because I assume if I said what's your favorite, I'm going to get two specific cities. So give me a couple options here. Uh, Pat, why don't you go first? I have a feeling where you're going to go first with this. Where it should go next? Where Where should Hockey Day Minnesota go that it hasn't gone yet? 
the Hippodrome? Boy, uh, you know, I, I, I think they've picked some good spots. I, I think the Rochester area probably deserves um, a crack at it. And, you know, if you want to continue to grow, grow the game, I think you need to bring it in areas where um, hockey is still young and uh, that will excite people and get more people involved in the game. So uh, I think that area would be a good area to, to, to have one. I think, yeah, New Ulm in that general area, I think would be a lot of fun anywhere south for sure. But uh, if you're going to go in the cities, it better be St. Louis Park. Would they play it at that that outdoor rink? You think that could hold it? It could if they brought in some stands. I mean, yeah. it's not made for. I, I'm looking at what they have out here. Uh, I'm, I'm watching the uh, television feed from Bally Sports North, and obviously they've made this this rink. If if you wanted to play it at the Rock, you'd have to bring in some. Some some bleachers, uh, some other kind of seating, but we'd figure it out. Yeah. St. Louis Park, we're, we're hard. And, and then we'd have to have you on the call and have you blubber if uh, St. Louis Park <laughs> That's going to be one of my all-time favorite yeah. moments it has in the history of everything. Twenty twenty six. I changed my mind. I want it in St. Louis Park. <laughs> and we'd play dine and we'd get shelled. That would be great. No hibbing? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say hibbing, too. I was waiting for that. Nah. <laughs> they had it up north. They had it in Grand Rapids. All that right. was good enough. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of Hockey Day Minnesota, what's your favorite all-time Hockey Day Minnesota memory? We've shared a handful of them throughout the course of the show. If you had to pick one, what would be your Hockey Day, not Mount, your all-time memory at Hockey Day Minnesota? Yeah, for me, well, it, it, go it ahead. would either be, the, the, I've got three of them. I got Helvy crying. <laughs> I've got Helvy and. And Brandon Molesky in 40 below weather calling a game that outside. Really sucks. And I have um, Molesky and Falness calling the game from Stillwater. Yeah. All those memories gave me a little chuckle as I sat in my house, nice and warm. I, I very much I enjoy the memory of Hockey Day Minnesota 2017 sitting in the cold in Stillwater as our notes are getting rained upon with the drizzle. Uh, I, I remember I, I enjoy the memory. I didn't enjoy the moment because it was uh, one of those where you had to fight through adversity, and that's not my I, I enjoyed everything about that. <laughs> it was not my forte. For me, the, the the pinnacle of Hockey Day Minnesota, in my memory bank, is you did. You played it to the... It, it's being held in Elk River while taking on the Stars that night, and Elk River's own Nate Prosser scores in overtime to win it. A defenseman who rarely scores, but he puts one in the back of the net, and that'll live in Hockey Day Minnesota folklore from now until Hockey Day Minnesota twenty twenty million. Did Did you say the Wild? Are you okay, <laughs> he's blubbering over there. Uh, did you say the Wild beat the Stars? They did. They beat them on Hockey Day Minnesota. Really? They beat them all the time. The, oh, I don't. I the very first matchup. The speaking time. of Neil Broughton, in that very first matchup back in December of 2000, he took off his Stars uniform. He had a wild jersey underneath, yeah. and he did Let's Play Hockey, one of the coolest moments in the history of this franchise. You if, got anything else? Is yeah, that it? I've got one more. For one you. more, and then we got to wrap her up. Uh, you talked about it on Wild Fan Line, and you discussed the suspension, what it should be. Well, it's come down. Brendan Gallagher, the Canadians forward. Suspended five games for that hit uh, against the Islanders defenseman. Too much, too little. Uh, Kev, go first. Uh, they couldn't have given him enough. Uh, five games feels like it's it's about right, but if they would have said 10, I wouldn't have blinked. If they would have said half the season, I wouldn't have blinked. It was that egregious. It was that gross, and uh, they needed to throw the book at him. Uh, five games, I guess, is, is, is a decent starting point. 
grade. All right. All right. Patrick, thank you. I can say I, I hate it. I hate when players disrespect the game and, um, you know, guys that are making a living at it and uh, you you literally try to hurt someone. I um, I don't agree with that yep. at all. That was gross. No doubt about it. All right. Yep. So coming up tonight, you got August Anna, the recap, the rematch between them and Ferris State. Uh, give me kind of a feel for what, what it was like to be in the building last night and what you're expecting tonight uh, now that some of the emotion has gone away. Yeah, I think there'll be another sellout uh, uh, this afternoon, six o'clock start. Um, you know, it 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 it's uh, it, it it's just uh, it, it was a great atmosphere. It'll it'll be another great atmosphere today. The growth of the game in South Dakota um, is is growing, and um, couldn't be happier. Uh, for more happy for uh, Garrett Raborn and what he's done with this program. Wild, of course, let a lead get away in the third period the other night against Nashville. So too did the Gophers last night in East Lansing. They lose a heartbreaker, three consecutive goals by Sparty. They end up losing with four seconds left to go in regulation, and now they pick themselves up off the mat. They've got the rematch today in East Lansing. It's a 3 o'clock puck drop. I would have to think uh, Bob Motzko's group is going to be very motivated, although they're up against a very good Michigan State team. Yeah, Michigan State's very, very good, and uh, and so yeah, you know, let's let's see how this one plays out. But uh, as Bob always says, he expects his team to be better. I do too. So um, we'll have to wait and see, Kevin. Three o'clock today on Twin Cities News Talk FM one hundred three point five and AM eleven thirty. You can also catch it on Big Ten Network. Uh, as for the Wild. Tonight, they're on the ice against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, watching Russo's Twitter feed, it looks like Philip Gustafson will get the start tonight. No changes to the lineup. And good news, Marc-Andre Fleury was on the ice, at least, uh, during practice. So he's making his way back after getting clipped up high uh, by the uh, aggressor, who his name escapes me. Regardless, uh, it sounds like more of the same. You heard the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, Bill Guerin, say, Pat, that this is a must-win for his franchise as they head into the All-Star break. Hey, Jack, what do we like to call Philip Gustafson? Gus Busts. Ah, okay. And he's getting a start tonight. So he is. Uh, hopefully they'll they'll get a win. Anaheim played very well the other night. They they actually blew a lead against the Dallas Stars, but but they've got a lot of young players. It's it's not going to be a gimme of a game, I can tell you that much. No doubt. Uh, how will you celebrate Hockey Day Minnesota other than calling tonight's action there in Sioux Falls? Well, I think I'm going to take a little nap, Kevin, and then uh, get ready for the game, which starts at 6. So I'll get there about 4 o'clock and uh, start getting ready and and, uh, hopefully another fun day. Good luck. Travel safe. We'll talk to you this week. Pat Micheletti joining us from a phone line in his hotel, I assume, as he gets ready for the action between Augustana and and Ferris State. That's coming up later on tonight. The Wild coming up later on tonight as well as they take on the Anaheim Ducks. It's a great day for a hockey day in Minnesota. No doubt about it. They're having a great time up there in Warroad, but hopefully you'll join us tonight from St. Paul. A little bit of a later start time, but uh, you know what? What a better way to finish off hockey day in Minnesota than with the pregame at 745. Puck drops just after 8 o'clock. Brett Blakemore, fantastic job as always. Thank you. That is Brett Blakemore, Pat McLeady in Sioux Falls. I'm Kevin Falness. Thanks for joining us for another edition I'll be on the pond. And we buy at Luther and at Luther.